Hello, this is Catherine, as I know I need to stop talking. Hello, lovelies, how are we? I sang at the Royal Albert Hall. If you haven't read my blog post, you're probably like, what the fuck are you talking about, you mad lady? Although maybe that's every week. We're going off-piste, off-piste this week, because other weeks we are so structured as a podcast. New listeners, if you have come to the podcast hoping for structure, this is not the place for you. These are not the droids you're looking for. No, we're going to go properly off-piste this week. I usually do make at least, like, the vaguest attempt at making some, some notes to, I was going to say, to try and find structure. Clearly, they fail miserably. And perhaps it's because of that that I've gone, fuck it, this week. We're just going to go freestyle. It's out of control. Well, I figured last week, after last week's random pumpkin-related rant, I thought there's no point in me making notes anyway, because I talk about whatever shit comes into my head. So that's just what we're going to do today. But the Albert Hall, I suck at the Albert Hall. I literally, I can't say the words yet without tears coming into my eyes. I don't know if I'm having some kind of like belated reaction I mean it was well we'll get we'll get to that we'll get to I mean this this week how's your week been how has your week been my week has been something else is how I would describe this week and not necessarily in a bad way and as you all know I'm a born optimist so I try and find the good in every situation it's been fucking challenging at certain points points of this week it's um well let's let's start at the very beginning shall we because as as Julie Andrews says it is a very good place to start so obviously last weekend pumpkin carving and you know I was bitching and moaning about pumpkin carving I mean seriously hashtag first world problems I was soon to find out that the traumas of pumpkin carving were going to be very low down my list of of woes this week but like I say it's not necessarily been a bad week it's been a mad week that's how I'd describe this week it's been a mad week so Tuesday I went to get my hair done for any newer listeners or people who haven't read the blog I am practically bald and we should talk more about female baldness but don't worry I'm not going to on today's podcast because that that would suggest some kind of structure and focus and this podcast has none of either of those. So I have hair extensions which is why I occasionally look like I have nice hair because it's not my hair it's pretend hair and because I have hair extensions and I have my hair coloured my hair appointments like when I when I tell Mr I know I need to stop talking and Jamie how long my, my hair appointments take. Jamie had a mate round recently and they wanted to go and, and get their, their hair cut and Jamie was like oh it's a good job it's not gonna take as long as as your hair mum and Jamie's mate like looked at him like oh how long should mum's hair take and Jamie went five hours and his mate was like what are you are you like growing a new head of hair I'm like no no it just takes a long time it's hard work being a girl right it's hard work being a girl so I was in for my hair appointment five hours and it was lovely I had a lovely time and a lovely catch up with my stylist and all the girls in the salon and it was really nice and I came out and I felt very chilled I got into my car and I turned the key in the ignition line and I drove off and I heard a noise. Now, most of you at that point will probably go, hmm, there's a noise. I should stop my car and investigate what it is. Again, born optimist or, or maybe possibly just living in complete and utter denial. I was like, it's probably a noise that is somebody else's problem. It's not my problem. It's not my noise. And I carried on driving. And if anything, I just thought, I'll just turn up my turn up my tunes a little bit louder. Then I won't even hear the noise. The perfect solution, right? I should be a mechanic. Wasted, wasted. I should be a mechanic. So I drove a bit further. And then I was coming down the road towards the roundabout that led to the motorway. And something, let's call it common sense, but I'm going to say probably it wasn't common sense because if it was common sense, I wouldn't have made it that far already, made me look in the mirror on the passenger side. And to my horror... I realised that it looked as though the back of my car was about to fall off. Again, not a mechanic, but I had a pretty good indication at that point things were not well. 
So thanking my lucky stars I hadn't gone onto the motorway, I instead shuffled my car at a snail's pace towards, I knew there was a retail park nearby and I was like, right, I'll get there, I'll be able to park up. And then again, hashtag first world problems. If I have to wait too long for somebody to come and help, there's a Marks and Spencers to look around. Middle class focus. I was very proud of myself in a time of trauma of thinking of, you know, good, good retail opportunities. So I went and parked up in the car park and then I got out of my car to, to walk around and, and survey the damage and the damage was bad it was bad damage and so I phoned my breakdown company on the basis that like my car was broken right and if your car is broken surely that is the very definition of it being broken down and my breakdown company while very delightful said no that's not for us you need to speak to your insurers which maybe is common sense to anybody who knows anything about cars. But in my head, I was going, my car is broken. So you speak to the breakdown people. No, not necessarily. There you go. Top tip for the day. So I phoned my insurers and the lady said, what is wrong with your car? And I said, the back of it is about to fall off. And the roundy wheel bit that's not a wheel, these are my exact words, the roundy wheel bit that is not a wheel has fallen down. She said, do you mean the wheel arch? I said, good. That is a much better choice of words than the choice of words that I just used. So she said, no problem, it's all right, we're going to get somebody to come out and rescue you and you just sit tight until we until we do. So I phoned my kids to check they're all right, phoned Jamie, yeah, he, he, was, he was fine. He'd come home, he hadn't really noticed that anybody else wasn't home, which I think gives you a lot of information as to the general state of Jamie's mind. He's just like in this delightful, absent black hole most of the time. I explained the situation, expecting him to say, are you all right, mum? Are you okay? Instead he said, you near a shop? I said, yeah, I'm near two shops. Oh, we need some cereal. Good, good, son. It's good to prioritise your stomach at times like this. For my amazing friend who arranged to pick up Beth, thank you so much. I love you. I have amazing friends. I have amazing friends. And then I went and got Jamie's cereal because, as I say, in a time of crisis, it is important to prioritise Jamie's stomach needs. So I waited for a little while and then a magical van came along and a man called Harry got out of the magical van and, and it was genuinely quite magical. I mean, obviously it was magical to me because it was going to take me back home. So that in itself was magical. But then it was also magical because it had this incredible contraption that came out of the back of the van like some kind of magical chitty chitty bang bang-esque vehicle thing. Again, I reiterate, not a mechanic, but Harry was and he knew what he was doing and it was great. And he strapped up my car in some type bondage type fashion to this little contraption. And then got I got in his big van and, and we drove back to mine and it was all delightful. And it was only the next day when they came to collect my car to take it to the menders that I went, fuck, I haven't got a car now. And I know, again, that seems like such a ridiculous, like you haven't got a car. Okay, cool. Well, there's public transport. But the trouble is, if you're a car user and, you know, I, I, I am in that category, you get very reliant on your car very quickly, particularly when you have schools, two schools, work to get to, and then also 5,000 different football fixtures every week, feels like. So I was a bit like, oh my God, fuck. And I was getting to the point in, in the week of madness where everything felt a little bit much. Do you know, do you know when you get to that point when, like, and somebody says to you in a really nice way, are you okay? And what you want to say is, yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely fine. And what comes out is, ah, and that was basically me. Mostly. I hope that sounded like a cry on the podcast and not like I was having a big poo. That was me having a cry, not a big poo for avoidance of doubt. So God love my lovely work colleagues who just stepped up. People have been so kind this week. And that is, you know, from the week of madness, the big positive I take, people have been so kind to my lovely, lovely work colleagues just 
helped me and sorted me a hire car to pick up the following day on the Thursday. I was like, this is amazing. This is, you know, this is this is fantastic. And I'm kind of thinking, right, you know, we're, we're getting sorted. It's been a bit of a mad start to the week, but we're getting there. Thursday morning, Jamie's got the bus to school. Beth and I have done a round trip in a taxi to school. I'm sitting down at my desk. I'm in a meeting. My phone rings. I assume it will be my insurers. Maybe they're even going to tell me they have a courtesy car. Hooray! I pick up the phone. It's not the insurers. It's Jamie's school. Hello, they said. We need you to come and get Jamie. We think he might have broken his ankle. Fuck my fucking life. And you know when there's that moment and you really, really hope that it's a wind-up call because that would be better than the reality. But no, it was not. So I explained the situation. I said, I've got no car, but I'll come and get him when I when I can. And I explained to my work what's happening and I phoned a taxi and a lovely lovely taxi driver came she picked me up I said fuck my fucking life I didn't actually say fuck my fucking life but that was definitely the the gist of the sentiment and she was so helpful she talked me through various different hospital options we've got a few different things I don't know if you can hear sandwich in the back of this Um, I'm just going to explain this again for new listeners that's not an actual sandwich I have a cat called sandwich she I think has been locked outside the kitchen door while I'm recording this and she's doing this very loud wow wow noise. That that literally is how it sounds. She goes wow wow. So if you can hear a wow wow in the background, that's sandwich. I think I've made that whole passage more strange than it needed to be. This is why I should have notes. No, I shouldn't. I wouldn't be reading them anyway. Anyway, where were we? In the taxi. So the lovely taxi driver kind of explained to me, you know, different hospital options and gave me recommendations. I said, oh, I haven't got any cash. She said, we can take a card. No problem. I was like, you're so kind. Everybody was so kind. Got to Jamie's school got Jamie, he came out, got the taxi. I went, so then, looked a bit shamefaced. I said, what happened? He said, oh, he said, it was very embarrassing. I said, what happened? Were you dicking about with your mates? Well, my feet, he said. Yes, Jamie, what about them? Attached to your legs, as I would usually expect to find them. They weren't quite where I thought they would be, he said. So I fell over them and the curb and I fell onto the floor and everybody laughed and it was embarrassing. I said, good. Good, because then maybe that will encourage you not to do this again. I didn't say that. I was very, I was very nice. So I got back with Jamie, put Jamie in the house, got another taxi, different taxi, to go and pick up my hire car, which had been fast-tracked for me. Hooray! I had a car! So happy! I had a car! Drove back, got Jamie. Mr. I know I need to stop talking, came back from work, went in the car with me. Mr. I know I need to stop talking, doesn't drive, just in case you think that I'm in, like, some kind of chauffeur capacity here. So took Mr. I know I need to stop talking and Jamie to hospital, came back, returned to my work meeting, pretending to be sanguine, but in actuality screaming, fuck my fucking life. And, yeah, and then, oh, God love our NHS. And I know not everybody's experience with the NHS is like this, particularly at the minute when it's under the pressure from the pandemic, but... I I mean, may, maybe we were lucky, uh, probably timing was good, but for whatever reason, despite the fact that, you know, yes, Jamie was in pain, but he was in no way an urgent, urgent case, he just needed to be x-rayed. He and Mr. I know you need to stop talking were seen by lovely, lovely doctors and lovely nurses and were in and out of that hospital within two hours. God love our NHS. The week started to look up, Jamie's ankle wasn't broken, hooray, hooray, he didn't have a broken ankle, he had crutches, which as any kid would be, was he was, you know, slightly pleased about before realising just how much they hurt your hand. They really hurt your hand, don't they? I made him feel better by telling him that when I was 16, I too had hurt my foot very badly by ripping all my ligaments, falling off a curb, wearing wildly unsuitable shoes. We looked down at his very sensible school shoes and decided that the shoes probably weren't the issue. It's probably the feet being in the in the wrong place bit. And yeah, and then I had a car and we brought him back. And at time of writing, I my, my actual car, 
is still in the garage. Hopefully they're sorting out the roundy wheel bit that isn't a wheel thing. Arch. Wheel arch. I've learned a new word this week. Um, so hopefully they're doing that. I've still got a car that isn't my car, which is very confusing every time I go to a car park and I look for my car and then realise that my car isn't there. I've got a pretend car. Well, not a pretend car. It's a real car. But you know what I mean. So yeah, a bit of a week. A bit of a week. You know when it just felt like somebody was like kicking you when you're down going, ah, now you try this, now you try this. And in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing, right? And I hope that I don't sound ungrateful or indeed ridiculously playing up the the realities of this week, but it's just felt like a bit of a fucker. And on top of all this, with the whole car sitch, I had the added tension of, I was going to sing at the Royal Albert Hall, trying to keep it together when I say that. I feel like within about six months, I might be able to say the sentence I sung at the Royal Albert Hall without bursting into tears. Now I've gone again. My eyes have literally gone again. Fucking hell. I need some help. I need some help. But I did. I sang last night. So this is Saturday. Or unless you're not listening to this on a Saturday, in which case it could be any other day of the week. You see, look at me. I feel like I'm really getting into my podcasting stride here with understanding that this isn't in real time. Thank fuck. Um, I sang at the Royal Albert Hall. I can't quite believe it. So I won't rehash too much the the blog post that I wrote earlier today, which was basically just me being hysterical. And if you haven't seen it, it contains one of the most hysterical pictures of me I've ever taken ever, which is me getting back into my car, not my car, the the fake, fake car. No, it's a real car, hire car. That's what I mean. When I say fake car, I mean hire car. And just taking a histrionic photo of myself while passers-by walked by and probably like pulled their children towards them and said, don't go near the crazy lady in the car. She looks unhinged. I was unhinged. As lots of you know, the Royal Albert Hall is my favourite, I think it's my favourite place in the world. I think it is my favourite venue in the world. And it has been right from the age of nine when I first walked in to a school's prom and just was like, wow, it's the experience. I can't describe it. It's good for a writer, isn't it? I have no words to describe this magical experience. It's probably why I'll never win a Booker Prize because I can't find words to describe things. A fairly rudimentary skill of any author. But it is just a remarkable place and I've loved going to concerts so much. I've missed them so much during the pandemic and just been so happy to be able to get back there. And obviously posted earlier this year, I was lucky enough to get a ticket to the last night of the proms and you're just like, oh my God, it's amazing. But because my background is in performing and I trained originally as a classical singer, ever since I first walked in, there was that little bit of me going, God, imagine singing on that stage. But it was one of those dreams that you go, that's so ridiculous, it will clearly never happen. So it's almost not something that I gave any headspace to. And then one day in November 2019, I got a message from a lady called Alex. Alex, you are my real life fairy godmother. And I've been waxing lyrical about I'd been to an Albert Hall production called Classical Spectacular, which is basically, it's all the big hits. It's all the famous classical tunes. Even if you're like me and you're a bit of a Luddite when it comes to classical music, it's all the ones you're going to know. It's your land of hopes and glories. It's your Ness and Dormers. It's your shouty Karl Orffs. It's, it's all of the ones that you would know. And she said, my choir was singing in it last night. I'm so pleased you enjoyed it. I said, you were amazing. She said, occasionally, you know, we need an extra singer. You're obviously trained as a singer. There there might be a chance for you to join us if you'd like to. If I'd like to. I don't think I've ever bitten anybody's hand off so quickly, ever. And thus it was that March 2020, remember March 2020? I was all set up and it had been arranged. I was going to sing with the choir for the Classical Spectacular production. And we all know what happened next. COVID. Fuck's sake, COVID. And in the grand scheme of things, don't, please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Me not getting to sing at a concert is really 
nothing compared to obviously this devastation the pandemic has, has given to so many people. And I think I did have a real sense of perspective about it. And I just felt, well, maybe maybe it just wasn't meant to be. You know, sometimes I do think things happen for a reason. Maybe this time it just wasn't meant to be. And then we got to a couple of weeks ago and I got the email and I got the sign up and I found out that I was going to be singing at the Albert Hall. And still then again, I couldn't quite believe that was going to happen. And it's why I didn't say anything about it at all on social media or, or really to, to hardly anybody other than sort of my very closest couple of friends, because I couldn't believe that it was actually going to happen. But it did. It did. And last night I drove in the fake car that's not actually fake. It's a real car. It's a hire car. I drove to the Albert Hall. Then I nearly fucking shat myself because the sat nav in the fake car, while very amenable, and the lady has a lovely voice, it's fucking useless for telling you which bridges are closed as you try to get into London. So that was a little bit of a frustration, keeping my calm face on. And I got there and I went into the stage door and brilliantly, the guy on stage door, God love him. He was absolutely fantastic. He was obviously one of the volunteers who helped out. And when I retire, that's what I want to do is go and help out at the Albert Hall. What a dream volunteering gig. And he was so lovely. I came in and as if you, I mean, if you've ever seen any pictures of me on, on the internet and stuff, I, I kind of, I'm a bit go big or go home when it comes to both makeup and outfits and hair. And I was definitely go big or go home for singing at the Albert Hall. So I walked in in my crushed velvet dress and my high heels and my metric fuck ton of makeup all over my face and my curls and my very fluffy coat. And he said to me, he said, hello. He said, are you one of the soloists? And I was like, I love you. I love you, Mr. Man. No, I'm not. I said, I'm only singing in the choir. He said, it's not only. And I said, you're quite right. It's not only. It's wonderful. And we just had a little moment about how wonderful it was to be singing at the Albert Hall. And oh, it, it really was. And like I say, I don't have the words. I don't have the words. I mean, anybody who's ever performed in front of a live audience assuming you like doing this that kind of thing if it's your like worst nightmare and you've been forced to do it then probably none of this will be resonating at all and I'm very sorry you've had that experience but if you're someone who's you know and I've been lucky to to sing at lots and lots of gigs over the years there's that 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 kind of rush that exhilaration that you get from performing in front of a live audience but it times that by about a gazillion and it might get one millionth as close to how it felt last night like literally just walking out, we had a rehearsal on the stage first, and just walking out onto that stage, no audience, people, you know, kind of just wearing whatever clothes-wise, lighting still being fixed and stuff. It was, uh, no words, no words. It was, it was just a fucking privilege is what it was. And I think that's what I felt the whole way through the concert, going on in the evening, you know, the audience, the house was full, the audience would absolutely like I was when I first went back, so happy to be back in a live concert in a full auditorium. And yeah, oh, no words, no words. It was just amazing. It was an utter, utter, utter privilege. And I hope that none of you think that I'm kind of, you know, sort of being, I don't know, what's, I can't even think of the right word. Again, I'm supposed to be an author, clearly rubbish at finding the right words. I hope, I hope it doesn't feel inappropriate sharing so much joy with you all, because I'm really conscious. Hi, Beth. Beth's just come in to join the podcast. She says, shh, thanks, Beth. Thanks for joining today's podcast. That's Beth's little cameo. Maybe we'll have like a new feature, Beth's cameo on the podcast. It's usually Beth asking me for stuff. She's come to get her football boots. I think she's gone now. I'm just checking. She may be standing around the corner listening because that's what Beth likes to do. You still there, Beth? No, she's gone. Um, I hope it doesn't feel inappropriate sharing this joy with you, but it was just such a privilege. And I am so conscious that I'm unbelievably lucky and... 
I don't take any of this for granted for a single, single, single second. And to Alex, who arranged this for me, to the London Chorus, to everybody who was a part of last night's event, I am so lucky and so grateful. And we get to do it all again tomorrow, hooray! And I'm also so fucking too old for staying up that late. I have to say, when I got out the Albert Hall, I was like, oh my God, it's amazing, I'm on cloud nine, I'm taking photos, I'm hysterical. And then I put on my little navigation woman and said, don't you take me near any bridges that are closed. And she said, yeah, you'll be home about midnight. And I was like, oh, that's late, isn't it? That's late. And then I gave my head a wobble and was like, what the fuck, you just sang at the Albert Hall long time dead you can get plenty of sleep then and yeah and then obviously back to the thing is kids are a great leveler in those kind of circumstances aren't they because I literally drove back got home everybody was asleep brushed my teeth went to bed got up this morning crack a dawn really early because Beth had a away football fixture got up and like she came downstairs and I was like mummy sang at the Albert Hall she was like have you got my shin pads ah the great leveler which is which is which is children so yeah it's been quite the week. It's been, it's been very strange and really rather wonderful. And like I say, I think taking aside the annoyance of also, if you're going to crash into somebody's car, can I just say that not leaving a note is a dick move? Can I just put that out there? And I'm sure that probably perhaps you didn't leave a note because you have other shit going on in your life. And so I am trying to be empathetic, but it is a dick move. I'm just going to put that out there. It is a bit of a dick move. And yeah, and then just, yeah, coming back to, to crashing reality and yeah, Beth, taking Beth this morning and like, would you like to hear what it was like when mummy sang at the Albert Hall? No. Okay, cool. Good. Excellent. Marvellous. And the Beth had a football match, which, you know, after such an exciting tension built week, I was like, right, I could really do. I don't mind if they lose 20 nil, as long as it's a nice, calm, relaxing 20 nil. Listeners, it was not a nice, calm, relaxing game in any shape or form. So it was a cup game. So it was knockout. It's not like a nice chilled league game. They had three players who were not available. So they only had one sub. And it was against a very, very, very good team. And our team started and we scored. We scored the first. Beth scored the first two goals. Um, No, Beth scored a goal. Then they scored a goal. So it was one all. Beth scored another goal. It was 2-1. And then just before half time, Beth put in a corner and it kind of came off one of their teams so maybe it's an end goal so 3-1 at half time we're like okay this is good this is good come back after half term we're storming we're like 4-1 5-1 6-1 I, I think I actually used the immortal words we've got this in the bag we did not have this game in the bag at all from 6-1 we went 6-2 6-3 6-4 6-5 and you know it was I yeah I've rarely felt so tense and you're like, when's the whistle going to blow? When's the whistle going to blow? It must be the end of the game. And you really feel for the other team as well, because you can see how hard they're fighting. All the girls are playing absolutely brilliantly. The whistle goes, oh my God, relief, we've won. The referee goes, right, penalties. We're like, what the fuck? What? Penalties? What is this hell? I'm like, is this some bad dream? And it took both coaches going over to the ref to explain to her, bless her, that um, it was 6-5, not 5-5. Like, our girls are standing there going, now we have to do penalties. And I could see Beth looking at me with an expression on her face that says, if we have to go to penalties, we are fucked. She said to me afterwards, she said, if it had gone to penalties, we would have lost. I said, I know, I have no doubt about that whatsoever based on having gone from a 6-1 lead to 6-5. I have no doubt whatsoever you would have lost had it gone to penalties. But it was a great game by, by, by all of them. So yeah, what bonkers week. What a bonkers week. And then just to round it off nicely, I mean, cats are such dicks as well, aren't they? People who don't leave notes when they crash into cars, they're dicks. And cats are such dicks. Sitting quietly this afternoon, having a chat with my daddy on the phone, just like, you know, sort of filling him in on the madness, madness of the week. Sandwich comes over, tries to get on my lap. I'm like, okay, 
sit here fine. Instead of just coming and sitting on my lap, like any normal, I was going to say any normal person would. If, if a person walks into the room and sits on your lap unexpectedly, that's weird. But if it's cat, it's probably quite normal. Instead of just doing like the cool cat thing and just like sitting down and, you know, getting comfortable, she decided the best way to approach my lap would be to climb over it, to go and stand on a laptop, which was balanced on the coffee table on the other side, knock the laptop to the ground, obviously be a bit alarmed about this because it made quite a noise. I was also alarmed. And so then leap in such a way that knocked my glass of squash off the table and fall over onto the sofa where squash went everywhere. It's not just me this kind of shit happens to, is it? I mean... Feels very hard work sometimes. It feels like very, very hard work. So yeah, what a week. What a nice, calm, relaxing, quiet week. Not, not. I feel very tired. I do feel very tired, but I think that's because I stayed up. I was having a lovely chat this morning at football to one of the other mums, and we were talking about how the absolute dream of a Monday night is getting into bed before nine o'clock at night. That is the absolute that is the absolute dream is getting into bed before nine o'clock at night. But fuck it, I sang at the Royal Albert Hall and yeah, midnight bedtime. I'm gonna be tired for a week. I'm gonna be tired. That is adulting, isn't it? Adulting is literally spending your entire time being tired, talking about being tired, or thinking about how tired you're gonna be at some point in the future. I'm a shocker for that. I'm literally like, oh yeah, no we're gonna do that. Oh I'll be very tired on Sunday. Oh I'll be very tired. So that's my week. I hope your weeks have been substantially more normal and more relaxing. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen this week. Hopefully I'll have a real car. I've not, the car is not fake. Clearly, clearly I should not and have never gone into mechanic. But I hope your weeks are calmer. I hope they're more relaxing. And let's be honest, pretty much anything is probably more relaxing than, than the week that I've had um, today. And, and the latest thing now is that Beth is convinced that Jamie is faking his injury. She was like, I saw him. He walked without crutches. So World War Three is almost certain to, to kick off sometime soon. Look after yourselves, my loves. I hope that you do have lovely weeks. And I hope that you experience at least one fifth, tenth, one whole of the, just the sheer joy that I felt singing in the Albert Hall. I hope lovely things happen for you this week. Look after yourselves, take care, and I will be here next week. Lots of love. Bye-bye.